Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. What I would call the anatomy of a cover-up. This is unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is. When I agreed to work with you on the work group, we talked about the importance of transparency and accountability. And here, what we are seeing is business as usual. And you know this, Amelia. You know this, Jacob. I don't know how you guys slept that night. I couldn't sleep that night. Tears from a mother's perspective, thinking about what happened. I saw the picture of Amir, he looks like a boy. My son is 17 years old. He has slept on his friend's couches for sleepovers. So we cannot sit here and whitewash this and pretend that it's okay. That was Nakima Levy Armstrong uh, addressing police chief, interim police chief Amelia Huffman in Minneapolis, as well as Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry. She is the co-chair of the Minneapolis's new Commission on Community Safety, and she's, of course, a civil rights lawyer and a racial justice activist. Let me welcome to the show Nakima Levy Armstrong. Welcome and thank you. Thank you for having me. Um. I felt everything that you said uh, because I can't imagine I've slept on couches, you know, friends couches. He was under the covers. You know what that's like six something in the morning. They have a key. They come into the place and it doesn't seem like they even gave him a chance to identify himself, to put his hands up, to identify what's going on. You know, when you're awakened out of your sleep, you're disoriented. He wasn't given a chance to be a human being in that moment. And I'm, We've seen this before, though. We've seen this before. So, so where are we? She's in the middle of a live interview, sir. <laughs> so, tell where where are we, Nakima? And what are you doing in Minneapolis in terms of this case with Amir Locke? Well, as you said, there is a lot going on. We actually just wrapped up a press conference here at City Hall in Minneapolis that included the centering of. Black mothers and Black women's voices um, who were shaken by what happened to Amir Locke and who are connecting it to their own sons and their own loved ones and who are taking a stand and demanding justice, transparency, and accountability from the Minneapolis mayor as well as the interim chief of police. So since that press conference that um, a lot of folks have been talking about where we disrupted business as usual, Um, The next day, the mayor issued a statement um, calling for a temporary moratorium on uh, the use of no-knock warrants and saying that they're going to look at the policy yet again. But they just changed the policy, supposedly, in November of 2020. And the mayor campaigned um, on this notion of uh, banning or significantly reducing the use of no-knock warrants, but clearly someone was asleep at the wheel uh, to allow this to happen. And I think what's even uh, more jarring um, about this situation is that the judge who signed off on this no-knock warrant, Judge Peter Cahill, is the same judge who oversaw the trial of Derek Chauvin, who is the Minneapolis police officer who killed George Floyd on May 25th of 2020. But, you know, is it about the warrant, though, Nakima? Is it about the no-knock warrant? 
is it about i mean you had george floyd you have another police officer on on trial and you know uh I think she was convicted for Cam Potter who killed Dante Wright. Dante Wright, right. Taser, taser, taser. 26 years on the force. You train people. You don't know the difference between your taser and your gun. Come on. Right. I, and I and I beg to differ. I think I think if Amir Locke is a white man, that he doesn't he doesn't get gunned down like this. I don't feel like they because it looked like one of the cops like made sure he was shot. Like it looked like he was moving his hand of the other officer to make sure he got the target. I feel like something is going on here and I can't put my finger on it, but it doesn't seem right. It's not sitting right with my spirit. No, none of it is right. I mean, just the fact that they got a key fob to enter into the apartment, which didn't, was not Amir's apartment. As everyone could see from the body camera video, he was asleep on the couch and it was literally nine seconds from the time that the SWAT team entered the apartment to the time that Amir Locke was murdered. And if you look at the body camera footage, you'll see one of the officers actually kicked the couch where Amir was sleeping. And then two seconds later, as Amir's head began to emerge from under the blanket, he was executed, shot twice in the chest and once in the wrist. And I think the reason that people are focusing on no-knock warrants is just thinking about what happened to Breonna Taylor and how these uh, no-knock warrants are executed in a very violent manner, particularly when it comes to black people and black homes that they are trying to raid. Because we hear about the no-knock warrant issues when people are killed, but we don't hear about the overwhelming majority of no-knock warrants where they have literally destroyed people's homes, traumatized people's babies, um, and caused so much destructive energy to flood people's place of residence and again, there's no accountability on the back end when these things happen. Your home is your sanctuary. At least that's the way I, you know, that's the place where you should feel safe inside your home. That's why we have locks on the doors on the inside to keep the, the bad guys out. But when the bad guys wear badges and have guns and a license to execute you, it becomes a problem. You're an attorney, uh, civil rights attorney. You've been doing some amazing work in Minneapolis. And I don't know what's going on in that in that part of, of the world that we keep having these cases there. Uh, but, but what, you know, I was saying before you got here, we, we were raised to believe you're innocent until proven guilty, but if you don't have a chance to even go to court, if you don't even have a chance to plead your case cause you're dead, then, then justice never comes. How do we deal Absolutely. with that? How do we reconcile with that? Nakima? I, I can't personally reconcile with it. That's why we're in the streets constantly shutting things down. We, I don't know how many freeways we've had to shut down places of business disrupt uh, meetings of elected officials where they're engaging in business as usual. And we've had an unprecedented number of black people, particularly black women who are running for office here, many of whom have actually won those seats so that they can become the decision makers in key areas that affect the lives of black people. So I don't think we should ever become comfortable and complacent with the status quo and business as usual. We have to use our voices and we have to hold these people accountable. They come knock on our door, send us campaign literature, tell us to vote for them. But when the rubber meets the road, do they follow through on those promises? And if they don't, then it's our responsibility to hold them accountable for doing what they said or to get them out of office. So what does accountability look like? Nakima Levy Armstrong is here. You can follow her at N as in Nancy V as in v, Victory. Levy, L-E-V-Y on Twitter. What does accountability look like for you? Because you stood there 
and let them have it. It was like a five minute dissertation on uh, how fed up you are and, and, and how they must do better. And we'll tweet that out. But what does accountability look like from your standpoint? And what can we do? Because we don't live in Minneapolis. We are not going to shut down the highways there. What can we do, those of us who are all over the globe right now, to help? I don't even, I'm, I'm like frustrated, to, to, to make a difference. Right. Well, I think if people want to support what's happening here, they can call the mayor of Minneapolis and demand that he fire the police officer, Mark Hanneman, who actually fired the three shots that killed Amir Locke. Wait, one man also- fired all three of the shots? Yes, one man fired all three of the shots, and he is still on the force um, to this day after what he did. We're also calling on uh, the attorney general to charge, uh, and hopefully there will be a conviction um, of this man for what he did. We're calling for the firing or the resignation of interim police chief Amelia Huffman because she uh, agreed to provide oversight of the Minneapolis Police Department. Clearly, some way, somehow, this situation slipped through the cracks for them to be able to get this no-knock warrant. But beyond that, she was a part of what I would call the cover-up. You know, um, bringing out uh, half-truths, putting out misleading statements, allowing for uh, Amir Locke's picture of his gun and bullets to be released to the public, making them think this was a violent criminal who got what he deserved and not revealing to people that Amir Locke was not named in the search warrant. If it wasn't for Amir Locke's family, the the public would still be in the dark about what happened. But I know Amir's cousin and she reached out to me on the day that he was killed to let me know that it was her cousin. And then later that night after we had held a press conference in the freezing cold, calling out elected officials and the police, her family supplied me with very specific information about what happened in this case. For first of all, revealing Amir Locke's name for the first time, which no one knew, uh, and all of those other details, such as the fact that it wasn't his apartment, he was asleep on a couch, he had a concealed and carry permit, uh, and different things like that, that again, the public would not have been privy to without this family utilizing their connections to help bring these issues to light. And he was working to start his own music label. Like he was, he was working. He was, he was yeah. working. Yes. He was a week away from uh, leaving the Twin Cities and, and moving to Texas to be with his mother so that he could take his music career to the next level. And now his dreams were just snuffed out by murderous police officers who were not held accountable uh, for what they have done. And they still have not been held accountable from my perspective. All right. So uh, just, I just want to say real quick that last night we actually had a demonstration outside of the home of the interim police chief, a very affluent neighborhood. We were out there in the freezing cold, uh, chanting and rallying and demonstrating. And we actually set up a memorial site in front of her home in honor of Amir Locke. We put seven crosses um, on her lawn with flowers and, and the crosses have Amir Locke's name painted on them. Oh, this is what I'm talking. This is activism. And, and Nakima, I would love to have you back on because I want to go through your whole background because you've been doing this work. And these are the unseen. You know, we saw you because we heard you. But we need to mm-hmm. we need to know you 
because you have the blueprint for what this looks like. And I just appreciate your tireless efforts there. And we're going to give out the number. You're going to give me the number to the mayor uh, and the police chief because this audience is going to call them uh, incessantly after you leave. I'm so grateful. Uh, and if you need anything, please reach out to us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for covering this. Oh, we're not going to stop. You'll be back. Nakima Levy Armstrong. Follow her. NV Levy on the Twitters. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.